listening to The Itch, a podcast exploring all things allergy, asthma, and immunology. I'm your co-host, Courtney, a real-life allergy, asthma, and eczema girl. And I'm your second host, Dr. Payal Gupta, a board-certified allergy, asthma, and immunology doctor. Courtney and I hope to balance each other out so that we get you all the information that you want and need about allergies, asthma, and immunology. Today we're interviewing Dr. Alex Thomas. He's a pediatric allergist and immunologist, and he's also a cartoonist. He created a company called Booster Shot Media, which does comics and other forms of media to help teach patients about health conditions. We talked to him today about why he started this project, about his work with medical students, and how he feels these comics are helping patients understand their conditions just a little bit better. I found this conversation particularly interesting from the perspective of a patient because it's kind of cool to get the insight of how doctors learn and how they decide what they're going to tell their patients and how they educate themselves and find different ways to help patients understand their conditions, like using comics or using a podcast. So I hope that you find this conversation as fun and informative as I did. Let's jump in. Hi, Alex. How's it going? Uh, Great. How are you guys doing? Great. Yeah, very good. Alex, I guess we'll start by just introducing how we kind of met. So I think you were a medical student when I was a resident at Rush Hospital, and we ended up doing a peds pulmonary rotation together with one of my favorite mentors and people in this world, Dr. Sharma. You ended up leaving Chicago and then coming back? Yeah. So after uh, med school, I did a peds residency, and then I did fellowship in allergy and immunology at the UW-Madison in Wisconsin. Awesome. And then you started Booster Shot Media or creating comment comics when? Yeah. So, I mean, um, I started, so Booster Shot Media is a company that I created with a friend of mine to create health educational materials for patients as well as, you know, healthcare providers. And it all started um, in terms of the company when uh, I was an intern um, at UW working in the the ICU and and seeing um, the kids that were being admitted and readmitted for asthma exacerbations. And as I kind of got to know the kids, I began to realize that there was, you know, some serious uh, issues with their understanding of their medications and confusion about it. And the materials that were currently being used at the time were just not doing it well enough. And the way that the discharge process was kind of rushed at times, a lot of times that high quality one-on-one teaching wasn't available. So I started thinking about, you know, trying to make some kind of educational program that could be higher quality, but also fit into this kind of busy type of schedule so that, you know, if, if these kids had a better understanding of not just what medications to take, but how did they work, would they be less likely to get them confused? And not even the, the kids, but their parents. I mean, I think that the, the problem with asthma medications is that they all look very similar. They all do very different things. And as a physician, you might not be able to even know, you know, what brand they might be able to pick up once it's prescribed. So you can't even tell them, you know, what color is which inhaler. So trying to create kind of a deeper type of uh, understanding of that was was the main goal. Wow, that's amazing. I saw on Instagram recently you posted um, an older comic that you made when you were 12. Yes. <laughs> Did that have something to do with it as well? Because I think what I read for the caption was that you um, learned through drawing comics. So you learned how to manage your asthma by these comics. Is that true? Yes, that's true. Yeah. So so that's kind of the, the backstory with all this is that I, um, I was a kid with asthma. And I also happened to my mom was is an allergist. <laughs> so, so, um, 
So even with that, you know, information, I still was very confused about my medications as a kid. And, and you know, as a, as a kid that liked to imagine, I would look at my inhalers and imagine they were characters and tried to imagine what they would teach me if they could talk. When I was 11, my mom uh, had a support group for families uh, of, of kids with asthma. And because she, you know, in the mid 90s was completely computer illiterate had me the 11 year old type up the newsletter for her that was quarterly and the payment to be able to do that was that she had to let me draw a comic strip in the newsletter and so from that that's kind of how I created Iggy and the inhalers and the different characters and at the time it was like a way for me to try to understand the medications and it was you know kind of accurate there were a lot of things that I got wrong as a kid but it was something for me that personally helped me understand my medications and kind of made me realize that these medications did very different things. And I had to remember how to you know, use them appropriately to control my asthma. So that was something I did as a kid. And then when I was, um, you know, in, in residency, once I had kind of more medical training and understanding of, you know, how these things actually work, I wanted to kind of revisit these characters to help me as a child to see if I could kind of update them and make them more scientifically accurate so they could help other kids. Yeah. And so I guess you were exposed to your mom being an allergist and then you had asthma. And so that kind of triggered you to want to focus on allergies and asthma. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I always was kind of interested in, in the topic. And I think I was always interested in asthma education specifically, because I think that I, you know, just through my mom, she was, you know, an, uh, an avid ad advocate of education. And I think this kind of understanding what was out there from an early age kind of imprinted on me. So I, I was, I've always been kind of thinking about it even when I was, you know, younger. Do you think that your exploration of asthma and medical concepts through comics was what helped you decide to be a doctor? I mean, obviously your mom is also an allergist. So I was wondering if that had any influence on you. I, I mean, I think it did. I, I was always interested in, you know, making comics and I worked as like a, you know, a cartoonist for the school paper when I was an undergrad and stuff like that. But for me, I, I get a particular joy out of creating um, comics that that convey complex messages and and simplify things. So, you know, what's so gratifying about Iggy is that like I'm teaching kids, you know, as young as you know eight years old, the mechanism of action of different inhalers, and those are things that I didn't learn until I was in medical school. And I think that you know you can teach these complex complex things to kids um, if you do it in the right way and use the right visual metaphors. And so that challenge is really fun for me. And, you know, we use that with asthma and other health topics at Booster Shot Media to kind of raise the bar in terms of the level of education we can bring to um, the audience by just using the right uh, metaphors and, and creating, you know, memorable characters and things like that. And you ventured into immunology for sure. I think with your comics, have you done anything with food allergies yet? We um, we are working on something with food allergies right now. So basically, it's kind of like the sequel to Iggy. Um, that's all about food allergies. And we go into food allergies, anaphylaxis, and treatment, and all, all those things. So we're we're currently working on it. It's going to be uh, an animated video as well as um, some corresponding comics. So stay tuned. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome, and. You have a partner, Gary. How do you guys work together to help communicate these ideas? Like what's so interesting about a comic is that you really distill everything to the essence of what you need to know. What is your process like? How do you guys decide what is important to tell? How many drafts do you guys through go through? I'm just like totally pricking your brain on your creative process. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that's so important about me as a physician drawing comics is that, I, that there's so much I don't understand about health communication. And so when I was um, an intern and I was trying to imagine, okay, well, okay, I'm going to, I want to make a comic for kids. How do I know what is the right literacy level for kids? 
how do I know, uh, you know, if these kids will understand how to read kind of the sequence of a comic? And I had all these questions that were really um, that I was kind of being perplexed by. And so as this is all in my head, I went to a wedding um, of a good friend of mine uh, who um, she and two other friends were we were all in a theater company together um, years ago. And so one of these friends was was Gary and he just coincidentally unrelated to me was getting a master's in health communications at Tufts at that time. So I was kind of telling him what I was working on and he was saying, Oh, you need to do focus group testing. You need to do this and that. And I was like, Oh, is this what, is this what you're studying? (laughs) So um, we realized then that he actually was like a perfect partner for, for what we were doing. And so that's, you know, that was about uh, over 10 years ago. And, and I was kind of around, I think even at that wedding, we decided to start collaborating. So we formed Booster Shot Media as far back as then. We started as Booster Shot Comics, and then we expanded into video, so we had to change our name to Media. But that's, you know, our collaborations have continued since then. And for, for you know, how we create things, it's very collaborative. So, you know, like Iggy is something that, that we create ourselves because I'm an allergist and I, you know, have, have experience with this, but then periodically we will have Iggy kind of audited by um, asthma educators. So we have them look through the comic and make sure that we're getting everything accurate, that we're using terminology that's still up to date. And every couple of years we do need to update, you know, some phrasing of things. So for example, like we have uh, one of the characters is Bronco, the Bronco dilator, like an asthma inhaler, an albuterol inhaler. So initially in the first drafts, he was called a rescue inhaler. And then, you know, after one of these reviews, one of the educators said, you know, you should actually call him a quick reliever because the term rescue makes, uh, may make kids think they should only use them when they're really, really desperate. Whereas, you know, they should use it when they ever need quick relief. And so we made kind of tiny adjustments like that, you know, for the comic. But a lot of the work we do is in completely different topics that I'm not, you know, very super knowledgeable on, like celiac disease or uh, blood pressure medications for adults, things like that. And so whenever we do something that's um, outside of my specific area of expertise, we collaborate with other experts. And when we do that, you know, we show them every draft we do. We get feedback from everything we do. So it'll start as like a script and then we'll get feedback from them on the script. Then it'll turn into these storyboards, which are kind of rough drawings that match, you know, parts of the script we get feedback on that. Then we do kind of a rough version and then we get feedback. So, and then until we do the final version. So the idea is that, you know, when we collaborate with others, that there's not going to be any surprises when they see the final product that they kind of, you know, feel like they had a hand in creating this with us. And that seems to work the best when we work with, you know, other people. Wow. So each comic takes months of work for you to complete. Yes. Yes. They're, they're all, they're all long processes because it's not um, a matter of me just, you know, sitting down and writing it all and then showing it to someone. It's, it's a lot of back and forth. So yeah, it, it can be months for sure. And I see that you give lectures to students about making comics. What have you learned from that? Why do you think it's important for medical students? Yeah, I think that, you know, in the past couple of years, I've been doing um, these workshops where uh, with, with med students where I have them basically create health education comics. So the way the workshop usually goes is I'll give them like a packet of like 20 pages of super dense, dry medical information, very boring stuff on all kinds of topics, both for kids and adults. And I have them pick a page, you know, that interests them, a topic that interests them. And then from that topic, pick one message or one sentence from that, uh, that they would like to, you know, teach or illustrate. Um, And then from there, I have them basically create a comic. And we talk about kind of the different strategies that are used to create, you know, educational comics, whether it's a narrative story, a visual metaphor, characters that embody certain things, the different ways comics can be presented, whether it's like one panel or more than one panel. 
things like that. And then in the end, you know, the, at the end of this, like, you know, two and a half hour workshop, all the students have created really amazing comics. It's, it's a great thing. And, you know, the, the one thing that I always tell the students is this is not a drawing workshop. So you don't have to be able to draw. It's more about coming up with ways to explain things. And the point of all of it really is not to teach, you know, students how to make comics. It's more about how to teach students how to communicate creatively with patients. Because one of the things that, and and Pyle, you must also notice this as well, is that sometimes you'll have kind of like a a set script in terms of how you might explain something that seems to work most of the time. And so you sometimes you just kind of start going off on the script. But then, you know, you need to be very perceptive when you're talking to a patient because you might see that their eyes glaze over or they're not actually connecting with that idea. So when that happens, you have to be able to creatively change gears change the metaphor, change how you're explaining it in real time to be able to connect with the patient and make sure that they're they're understanding things. And so that, in my opinion, is a skill that does take practice. <laughs> so um, so using the the comic workshop is kind of a way of doing that. Because sometimes, you know, the, the student will come up with an idea and it, as we're reviewing, I'll say, actually, that's not really working. Try something else. <laughs> you know? So it's like, yeah. it's also teaching them not to be married to the first idea that they come up with, but to really try to think, okay, what is going to work best for, you know, this particular patient I'm talking to. So it's, it's something that I call a lot, like cognitive empathy to be able to kind of put your, yourself in the patient's shoes and how they may be understanding the information you're presenting them. So in, in, in my opinion, that's kind of the point of the workshop is to teach, teach the students that type of skill, which is something that's hard to do when you're kind of at that level in schooling where you're not really seeing a ton of patients yet. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It takes a lot of practice to be able to figure out how to get the information to patients in a way that's that they understand, you know, and like you said, changing that around when you realize that whoever you're talking to, that's just not working for them. That takes practice. And I think over years of experience, you start getting that. So starting that earlier is uh, key, I think, for students just to get practice at it. That's so cool. Have you had any students kind of become competitors (laughs) for you? (laughs) All of a sudden, you've got uh, a student that is like, you know what? I love this. I'm going to start doing my own comic books. Yeah, it's called Ziggy the Inhaler. No, no, not yet. I I think that a lot of kids have been interested in doing this. And so, you know, they've, a lot of them have contacted me outside of, outside of this asking, you know, what, you know, uh, what else can I do with this? And what I always tell the students after the, the project is, you know, this is like a two hour exercise, but if you came up with an idea that you like, you know, run with it. Cause I'm like, I came up with an idea that I ran with and I never let go of it. <laughs> so you can do that too. And so I, I just tell them, and, and a lot of them came up with really creative ideas. So, so I always tell them, you know, like, don't let your training stop you from doing these other types of interests that may actually be supplemental to your medical practice. So that's my advice at the end of these things is if you find something you like, you know, keep, keep it up and keep, you know, using the idea in other ways. I think that's such an amazing educational tool for patients and for doctors, you know, like if they have access to this ability to continuously learn in a creative way, then they can express themselves differently. And it's a very powerful tool, actually, that they leave feeling excited about that, that they can see how easy it is to communicate if we go through a different path. Yeah, I think that that mental flexibility is sometimes lost on doctors. And so I think that, um, you know, we're, we're all rigorously trained in kind of memorization and understanding complex things, but that creative thinking is something that is not specifically taught, but it's expected of most doctors. <laughs> so it's something that oftentimes in residency, you know, those who maybe are not the most... Uh, 
creative or empathetic, that's when it comes out when they maybe struggle the most, because that's when you're really seeing patients. But I think that Pyle said the earlier you can get students to start thinking that way, the more they will succeed and be better doctors, in my opinion. Absolutely. Do you see medical students at every level or do you see like specifically pre-med or residents like who is your main target for that yeah so for the workshop that's just first and second year med students so they really are just in like the book learning phase of their training so they really have had minimal patient contact so um, that's the best time to do it because that's when they have like the most medical knowledge but the least clinical knowledge if that makes sense (laughs) where they they they, their brains are full of all the facts but they haven't really seen as many patients to, to put it to use and so it's really funny because that's where um they may make really medically accurate or very complex comics, but then I'll say, okay, but if I'm a, you know, a stressed out uh, man in the ER with chest pain, will I understand this? You know, so you have to kind of get them to think about that also. Um, but it, but that's a great age to, to do it though, a great stage in learning to do that. Cause I think that it makes sure that they are constantly thinking that even when they go onto the clinical rotations. Ah, very cool. I love how you think about everything. So like specifically we have to do it in first and second year medical students. Cause then they'll be in clinical phase and they'll get more out of it. I just, it's really well thought out. And I, I wish that when I was a medical student, I had somebody do that for me and, you know, come yeah. in and teach you how to creatively think about these things. It's, it's really impressive. Does your mom yeah, use your comic books? Uh, yeah, she does. I think that she, um, you know, she, it's funny cause I, uh, she has like, she, there are still in her office, like copies of like the comic I made, like when I was young, young that are still there. <laughs> so she's yeah. very proud of me for those things. But, um, yeah, the Iggy stuff she definitely uses. We also like, I, I have posters that, that I've made. So, those are on the wall that she uses kind of as an educational tool for the kids as well. And then, you know, we make like trading cards and stickers. So they're always like goodies for the kids, you know, when they, when they leave the office too. Very cool. I know we have some allergists listening or some doctors listening in general. So how can we get our hands on your materials and how does that work? Yeah. So if you go to our website, it's uh, inhalers.com And there you can kind of see all the different things we make and um, you can, you can order stuff on line there. We also have like a series of uh, videos that teach um, kids all about asthma, the, you know, the pathophysiology of asthma, how the inhalers work, how to use an inhaler, where we have like a live action demonstration with one of my patients actually using an inhaler. So um, that is all streamable on YouTube for free, but you can watch it off our website. And so those are really good tools to use in, in the office as well. If you want to, you know, basically show a child how to use an inhaler with a spacer and, you know, have, you want to just you know, show them the video we get, we've created kind of those things as well. Yeah, it's fascinating because when we were doing our, our most recent asthma episode, I looked up afterwards videos and just even explaining spirometry. And I honestly couldn't find any good videos on yes. that topic. Did, have you guys yeah. done anything on that? Not, not spirometry yet, but that's a good, that's a good it's, idea. <laughs> it, honestly, it, yeah. it doesn't exist because I wanted to yeah. add an extra link of something that would be appropriate for our group. You know, again, yeah. you have to think about where is your group and what, where do they need you to meet them? And I couldn't find anything that I liked. You know, as a physician, I was like, this is way too much for yeah. Um, where we're at so far and, and what we've gone through with the with the podcast. And so, no, I think that that's definitely a topic that you should do. Yeah, that's that's a really good one. I think, you know, like the in general, like the the quality of, of asthma educational videos is is it, it goes back. It's like up and down. There's some that are great. Some are that are way too broad and not really meaningful enough. There's some that are way too technical. 
So it's trying to find that balance of something that is is engaging to the audience, but also is like still you know communicating you know important information. Um, so that that's the trick. But that's a good one. Spirometry. I'll think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the trick that we're learning. Yeah, that's the yeah. trick we're learning too, because even with the podcast, because we have so much information and then kind of distilling it into the information that makes sense to get to patients. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's listeners. also like kind of having um, that 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 audience that includes both, uh, you know, uh, physicians as well as um, uh, patients. And so like for, for our Iggy comic, we wanted to make sure that everything was simple enough for a child to understand, but also sophisticated enough for an allergist to look at it and say, oh, they're teaching high level information here that this is all like incredibly scientifically accurate and up to date so that I feel you know that, that I can trust these materials to educate you know my patient so it's it's kind of knowing that you have more than one audience actually looking at something like this as well and for the patient so if I was like a mom of someone with asthma is it a tool that I could also go home and use to explain to my family members what's going on so it's nice that it's simple enough that I could go home and also use it as a tool to explain? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, the great thing about the comic is that it's, so, you know, this goes back to my experiences working in the ICU is that usually the handouts that were given then would be printed off the hospital website and in most cases thrown away before the patient even left the room. <laughs> right. And so, so part of why the comic book is, is so nice and um, it's, it's that it's a higher quality thing. It's an object that a child is less likely to want to toss immediately and hopefully is going to want to read and reread and also the parents will read and reread. So, you know, I have plenty of times I'll have patients, you know, a year later from an appointment come back with like a dog-eared copy of my comic that they just have loved to read at night. Like sometimes it's like a bedtime story that the parents will read there for their kids. And so part of it is just creating something that is, is valuable to the child because it's cool. And then the knowledge will hopefully be valuable to the parent because it actually helps their child. And, and we actually did a study, um, of the effectiveness of Iggy um, at the in the public school system in uh, Dane County, Wisconsin, and they they showed that after the intervention of you know reading the comics and watching the videos, that kids had a significant improvement of asthma knowledge after you know uh, the the program. But what was the most exciting was that a month after that, their asthma knowledge was still. Um, as good as it was immediately after reading the comic. So we're not sure what was going on, but what I think or what I hope is going on is that the kids are actually kept the comics from reading and rereading them and playing with the cards and just kind of, you know, reinforcing these lessons just because it was fun. And that, that's the whole point. You want to make something that's fun that also kind of accomplishes this goal. I think if it's fun, it sticks with you too. You know, it's not yeah. like you're being forced to learn these things, but it's like, oh, I remember him doing this adventure and therefore I can remember it much better. As a kid, you're the stories are what you associate with. Yeah, I think that, you know, like, so one of the models that we used for for Iggy was uh, Pokemon. So like, if, you, if you've ever talked to a, a kid that likes Pokemon, they have like an encyclopedic knowledge of super complicated information, but it's, you know, it's about Pokemon, but it's those like the strengths and weaknesses of all these, you know, hundreds of different characters and all the weird things they do. And kids take pride in knowing things, you know, or like you might know it, a child that knows a ton about dinosaurs or planets or something. There, there's just, there's something about being an expert in some something that really fills kids with a lot of pride. And so the idea is that the, the Iggy comics are kind of like, we, we created these trading cards that are almost like Pokemon cards where each medicine has a strength and a weakness and each allergic trigger villain has a hideout and a weakness, you know? So we're trying to make it so in the same way that like a kid is just like, likes to learn about the stuff because it's fun, but then they like also happen to now understand complex asthma pathophysiology and mechanisms of actions of medications. I think that's a really nice tool to have as a parent. I mean, I feel like that's 
take some stress out of it too about trying to explain a complex topic and maybe the child feels a little bit you know a little different because they have asthma but when you learn about it in such a cool way you feel less like I don't know asthma sometimes get portrayed a little bit geeky in the media and so it's like this cool comic is teaching me that it's not that geeky and I shouldn't be ashamed by it yes yeah so I can tell you like a personal experience when I was a child with asthma because um, I was a child with asthma that liked comics, right? And so <laughs> there was a comic that was that was created in the, I think it must have been like the 80s. Um, that was like a Marvel Comics comic with Captain America. It was made by like the actual artist that made Captain America. So it looked like a, a real comic book. And it was called uh, Captain America versus the Asthma Monster. And so it was this, it was a story about Captain America and these kids trying to fight this asthma monster who's spraying people in the face with an allergen gun and giving people asthma, basically. Um, So the story ends with Captain America punching out the asthma monster, pulling off his mask, and him revealing that he actually was a man who has asthma that wanted everyone else to feel as bad as. So as a kid with asthma, how am I supposed to, you know, interpret that message? <laughs> and so, so the point of, of that experience, you know, to me was like, okay, I need to create something that doesn't treat asthma as some stigmatizing disease, but as something that you can manage and be proud of managing. When we like, so the, the, the Iggy comics and the, the educational programs are used in asthma camps nationwide. Um, I was lucky enough to visit some of these camps in the past few years. And one of the great things about watching like a bunch of kids with asthma interacting with it is like when they play with the trading cards, they'll pull up, you know, oh, I pollenoid. I'm allergic to pollen. Oh, me too. And they uh, bond over the things they're allergic. Oh, sorry, we lost you there for a second. But you're talking about how the the trading cards let the kids connect with one another and feel a little bit less isolated by their asthma. I think. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, exactly the point. Is that you know they, they can often bond over the same things that they're allergic to. So it's kind of a destigmatizing thing for for the kids. Yeah. I think it's great that you have it in so many different, you know, you have it in schools, you have it at camps. I guess I'm just like super excited to see what your food allergy comics are going to look like. Yeah. So it's going to be, um, uh, debuting in, uh, DC uh, Children's National Hospital. That's where it'll first kind of show up. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be done with the next few months and we'll be able to share it with everybody. And patients can go ahead and get these comics online on your website, right? Yes. So you can, um, if you go to our website, there's a lot of free downloads. You can print things off of the website. You can watch videos for free. You can also order, you know, like these, what we call uh, individual kits or patient starter kits where you can kind of, individual families can order things. And then you know, clinics can order them in bulk. And a lot of times, you know, like the pediatricians will have them as things to, to give to their asthmatic patients. But we, we kind of run the gamut in terms of if you know, if you want to get the materials, you can you can get them. Oh, that's amazing. I just think that the tools available to educate kids nowadays is so exciting. You know, this ability to make them feel empowered and make them feel like they know exactly what's going on in their bodies is really important so that they feel they have to intake their inhalers. You know, they don't forget or it's not like a chore because they understand why they need to take it. Right. Technology also has made it a lot easier to, you know, for kids to access lots of high quality materials. It's just a matter of making them. (laughs) I'm in awe. I think that we need better education actually for 
physicians on how to incorporate some of these tools in the office, in the clinic. And um, I think there is a missing, missing barrier. And that's why it's nice to have people like you that are physicians and interested in education and kind of combining the two, because you know where the pain points are as allergists, you're as doctors, you know, where, how you can kind of blend this into your clinical experience. Yeah. I think that, you know, we've, uh, we've like uh, had our our work at like booths for different, like um, medical conferences and things like that. And so some, Sometimes we'll get pushback from certain doctors who'll say, well, why, why do I need a comic? I can just explain this to my patient. And mm-hmm. then it's, it's just a matter of, okay, I mean, maybe you can, but maybe you might be super busy and might not have like the 30 minutes that you really should take to teach a patient something, you know? And so the idea is that we're trying to make it so that a physician can work more effectively and actually bring higher levels of education to their patients. But there is sometimes that ego aspect where a physician says, I don't need this stuff. I don't need this, these comics. I can do this myself. And that's a barrier that I think a lot of, not a lot, but some doctors need to kind of, you know, get over if they really want to provide high levels of education and hopefully better medication compliance and better outcomes for their patients. Well, yeah. And I think research helps. I think the fact that you did that research to, yeah, doctors, we're funny as creatures. We need research, you know, to show that something is beneficial and that um, it can make a difference. Yeah. And it it makes sense. I think that, you know, as a physician, you're very protective of your patients. So you don't want them to be subjected to some information that you haven't fully vetted because you you know especially with the internet like in google you can get a lot of conflicting information so i think it giving them that peace of mind that as scientifically accurate as possible and we are updating this i think is is very helpful to get that uh, assurance for their patients awesome well thank you so much alex this was honestly an awesome i learned so much during this interview and i I feel like i need to get more educational materials in my office now (laughs) so so it's it's exciting Um, no but i think i mean this uh, your podcast is exactly kind of the same thing i think this is a great way to bring that level of education to patients in a completely different way it's it's awesome oh thank you yeah we're trying this is it's definitely a learning process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're learning how to distill information. <laughs> yes. Yes. It takes, it takes some time to figure out what works and what doesn't work for sure. Well, I'm super excited to go read all your comics now. Like I think we'll definitely be linking to all of these. So if you guys want to get your hands on some copies, definitely um, check out our show notes because visual aids are so helpful, especially when it comes to topics like asthma and like understanding how you're supposed to use your medication or exactly like what you said, Alex, is like, what's the difference between the two inhalers? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if, if kids and adults can understand, you know, that it's that they're, they're miles above a lot of other patients. So it's an important thing to learn. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is really fun. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Remember that all information you hear today is for informational purposes only and are not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider. And also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And if you have a second, help spread the word by rating our podcast and sharing with your friends and family who might also be interested in learning more about allergies, asthma, and immunology. You can always stay up to date by checking out our Instagram, The Itch Podcast, where you can leave questions you are itching to know, or check out our website, which is www itchpodcast.com, which contains more information about the subjects we covered in today's episode and every episode. Until next time, have a fabulous week.